Nope, I botched that. <laughs> let's uh, let's try that again, Adam. Uh, apparently, you're hosting the show tonight. Hey, uh, uh, that's my mistake. Uh, I got people in the wrong places. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, everybody, how's it going? Uh, starting uh, out stop strong, <laughs> man. Three. Yeah, uh, yeah, hang on. Third time this is going to be kind of janky for a second. Let's move you guys around. And uh, and uh, killing uh, the game. There, hey Heath, start the show. <laughs> Solid forty-eight out of fifty-five start there. Oh my goodness! Greetings and salutations, friends and listeners of Southern Tom Foolery, and welcome to Tom Talks Alive Three. That's right, doing Tom Talks on Twitch was so nice we did it thrice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Which is which is not to imply we won't be doing more. We definitely will. Uh, every third Monday. I just wanted to make that cliched rhyme. Yeah. Well, we do have a new producer slot open. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can't fire him. He's on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm your host for Tom Talks Alive, Heath Parker. You may know me as the voice of Titanium Mike or Tex Arcana or DJ Trev or perhaps even another character or two. Uh, I'm joined as always by my co-host, the GM and Space Daddy of Southern Tom Foolery's Apollo Protection Agency story, the creator of objectively the best stoner character ever created for a TTRPG <laughs> and Weldy from Hacky Sack Heroes. That's right, I'm talking about Adam Kelly. What's up, dude? What's up? Kind words. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm freezing, but we're going to get yeah, to that. It's cold. <clears throat> Uh, and of course, I'm joined by the former producer of Tom Talks Alive <laughs> and, and the voice of Felino Marana, a man whose sense of humor is key to Southern tomfoolery, no matter how much it makes us groan. And you know I'm talking about my boy Josh. Yeah. What's up? I, uh, I was doing great. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing it, dude. You're doing great. So guys, here in the deep south, in the dirty south, it's cold. A little bit. A little yeah. bit cold. It is freezing. And we, you know, we don't know how to handle it down here. We don't. Like, literally, a little bit of ice on the roads, like we were predicted to, to get today, didn't even have it where I'm at. All the stores shut down at, like, 4.30. Like, I, I went to run and grab a few things. I had to just go buy a gas station instead of the dollar store or whatever, because everything was shut down. No, our roads were completely covered in snow. They still are. Yeah, and you've got we'll be snow tomorrow. Yeah, we you've got snow. We've just got misery. Oh yeah, <laughs> at least it's pretty here. It's just wet and mushy and gross outside. My uh, my car door was iced closed when I went to leave, but no snow. Yeah, it's just cold. It's just cold, cold, cold. Like you know, and all I got are these gas space heaters, and I don't even have one in each room. So like, you know, they're. <laughs> They're probably from 1950. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm just like sitting here shivering in my house, you know. I've got one of those in my hallway, but it's mounted like really high. So all it does is keep the roof warm. And like <laughs> it's the most pointless thing ever, but it's been here since I like moved into this house. Uh, and like even uh, I was talking to my grandma the other day. She was like, do you want to rehook up gas to get that heater working? I was like, there's no point unless I moved upstairs. Right. In the <laughs> attic. Oh, well, uh, I hope despite the cold, you guys are having a good day. Uh, I'm happy to be here with you. 
Yeah, I love Tom Talks, mm-hmm. man. So, now I know this is a topic for which Adam has a lot of disdain, but yesterday was Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, I hope all you lovers out there had a wonderful day with your significant others, full of Eskimo kisses and chocolates and all that good stuff. And as the evening rolled in, I hope you had the most steamy, romantic, tantric night of your lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you single folk, we love yeah, you too. Wh- well, I mean, to, to that point, we hope you loved I, yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, however you got to do it, man. <laughs> uh, but I know to that point, I know I've mentioned this before, but I've always appreciated the sort of Latin American version of Valentine's Day more than the Americanized version of Valentine's, which is uh, Dia del Amor y Amistad or the Day of Love and Friendship. So I, I find it personally a lot more inclusive instead of just having like a romantic day with your significant other. It's more about appreciating like all of your loved one, which includes family and friends. It's a, a lot more of a everyone who's important to you kind of holiday. <clears throat> uh, I just like that sentiment more than the way it's done here, because I think honestly, there's a lot of negative emotions that can come from the Americanized Valentine's Day. What with all the cultural pressure uh around valentine's day because of the what i refer to as the valentine's industrial complex <laughs> trying to to force their their capitalistic ways down your throat um <laughs> boo capitalism <laughs> um, <laughs> you know i do work for the government I can't see That's, things I like mean, that. Yeah, I I work for capitalism. <laughs> Boo corporatism. There, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, I mean, like, but seriously, like, there is some bad that come from can come from it. Like, I mean, forgetting Valentine's Day if you're in a relationship is viewed as like a cardinal sin akin to forgetting your anniversary. You know, like, which is absurd there- to me. I mean, it's a Hallmark holiday. It's made up to make money and to make people feel bad. Like, <laughs> well, was, they made this holiday to make people feel bad. Well, well, no, I mean that is a part of it. The making ba- people feel bad makes them go get gifts, even if mm-hmm. they're late at doing it. You know. And then if you do, and dep- it's all you know depends on relationship and the the couple uh, or however many. If that's how you do things, um, if you set yourself, if you set the bar too high one year. The next year you got to top it, and then you got to keep yeah. going more and more you've and more. A, and it's like it, you've got a continually growing Dudley Dursley problem, right? Like not my last relationship, but I've been in those before. That just like after candles lighting the entire house, it's like what the hell am I supposed to do? You know, well, I'd rather just not. Well, I mean, to to again to the point uh, Josh was making earlier, <clears throat> I always make the joke that Valentine's is Singles Awareness Day. <laughs> and, and, and though that's kind of jokey, like it really can be depressing for single people to see couples just flaunt their relationships for a whole day. But on a more positive note, I've always tried to flip that notion around. So even though I, I consider it singles awareness day, I turn it into a celebration. I dress up really nice and try to go get drinks somewhere, celebrate my singleness, and maybe I'll meet another single sexy person instead of being bummed out that I'm single. You know, yeah. it's all about mindset. I mean, I've said my piece about it. Y'all, y'all hear about it next week. But, uh, suffice it to say, it's the dumbest holiday to ever exist. Right. Well, since I know Adam and his wife both hate Valentine's, and Josh and I are both single and ready to mingle, uh, what did you guys get up to this weekend instead of spending a bunch of money on flowers and chocolates? Man, I jumped back into Final Fantasy fourteen with both feet. 
Oh yeah, that's Zach's playing that too, right? All I've been playing with him, yeah. And like that's really all I've done this weekend, aside from get this getting this set up and then, you know, dropping the ball on it at the beginning. Um but isn't uh, don't they have a couple of like new classes and stuff? Well there's Zach, a new expansion Zach sent me coming a message out in the fall. So it's kinda oh, like okay. gearing up towards that, trying to catch up to be ready for it when that comes out. Right. Zach sent me a picture from uh I guess him playing the last couple of days, but it was it was a reference to when we used to play Magic the Gathering all the time. And I always mm-hmm. liked the figure they have a Johnny, which is the giant, like buff, tanky lion man. Yeah. And he was like, There's a class that's just straight up a Johnny. Oh yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's cool. Yeah, I've, I I've really that been enjoying it. Like that's all I did for uh for Valentine's Day. I was online with uh my friend Chris. Uh you guys both know Will and yeah. Zach. Like the, the four of us just running dungeons, leveling characters and stuff. It was a great time. Oh, uh, see well that's great what Valentine's MMOs Day. that's what MMOs are all about, is like a new expansion drops and like four or five people get interested and they all play mm-hmm. and have a good time for like two months until one of them drops out and then it's like dominoes and nobody yeah. plays anymore. Which is, you know, it's it's kind of a, an ebb and flow thing. I mean, I've, I've played this game on and off since, geez, probably like seven, eight years now. Right. Since that's before kinda, they did the Realm Reborn, like relaunch the game. Right. That's, that's kind of how I've been historically with... World of Warcraft, uh, and also with uh, Monster Hunter World, like since it came out, like I always go back to Monster Hunter. Um, I looked into. I didn't even request off, but I ended up having the entire weekend off work, so that was cool. I uh, listened to a little bit of Rhythm of War. I'm slowly making progress in, but over the last like two days, I realized uh, I really needed to get on on top of uh, the new the last season of The Expanse, which came out a few months ago, I think. Uh, so I watched the entire fifth season of The Expanse in like two days. <laughs> it's easy to do. Yeah, it is. It's a very watchable show. Uh, and then I went and watched some UFC fights Saturday. Usman versus Burns. That was really good. Oh yeah, you talking about listening to books? Uh, I'm making good progress in Mistborn, and I'm really enjoying it. Like it's nice. Good. Yeah, I, I think you had asked me, and, and I was one of the people that said, like, maybe for you, you should do Mistborn first instead of commit to... The Stormlight Archives are just massive books. I mean, they're twelve, thirteen hundred pages apiece. So what about you, Adam? What did you uh, get up to this weekend? Uh, man, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, I, I played a little Death Stranding. I started that game. <gasps> Ooh! Um, Get, getting into that it's a cool cool game uh grace and i watched a little silicon valley uh you know and made some lasagna today's my daughter's birthday yeah so oh, there's well. that oh, happy well. birthday <clears throat> yeah happy birthday space princess <laughs> i'm sure she's listening <laughs> well if you're space daddy is she space daughter we're not no <laughs> Aren't we here to talk about other things? <laughs> We're here to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm still giggling at Space Princess. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to talk about later in the second half. Uh, we've got STF Con Lion coming up. I'm really excited about that, but we're going to have a guest on and we're going to do a big, uh, you know, discussion on that. Um, 
As far as other STF news and kind of what's been going on the last month, we are edging closer to our goal of doing the Fly Free or Die campaign, which, I mean, uh, there's no end to the enthusiasm, I think, that this group has to do that AP in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, edging close Never. enough to uh, to it that Adam decided to make a Discord uh, text channel for it. Just to- I didn't make it. You didn't? Who did? That, that was Zach, wasn't it? Mm-mm. No, Zach didn't make it. Who's getting mm. in our stuff and just making these <coughs> channels? I have to audit the server we, and see. We've got a ser- security issue. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we we are getting close. Um, but you know, I think uh, at this point we're making characters. You know, we're in the character making phase, right? Of, of getting ready for it. So um, I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, I would imagine you in particular would be. You don't often get to play characters. Um, yeah, but you've got, I mean, obviously Weldy, but that's like a once a month thing. But you're playing in some other like non-recorded games, huh? I am. Um, and just, uh, well, I'm doing the Delta Green thing with you and uh, Brian and a couple others. And then I'm playing in a game that Commodore from our Discord is running, um, a module that he's written himself that uh, he's looking to publish. And so we're giving that a run and it's been pretty fun. Pretty oh, that's fun. cool. I, I knew you guys were playing that. I didn't know it was like something he was he was trying to publish. Mm-hmm. Shit, good luck. That's that's really cool. Uh, in other news, uh, you know we've we had the Roll Twenty sponsorship for a good while, and and that was awesome just to have a sponsorship. Period. And we've used Roll Twenty for a long time, um, but our sponsorship ran out, and then Zach started playing around with Foundry a little bit and and started showing us that. So we're we're looking into maybe switching over and starting to use Foundry. I think it's pretty likely that we're, mm-hmm. we're going to make that switch. It yeah. looks cool, man. Like, it, it looks does. really cool. The the like, it's really cool. The like visual and audio components that are just like easy to like layer in and like like being able to move closer to something and the volume automatically like goes up or down depending on mm-hmm. your proximity to it. And he you know he showed us a it was like a nightclub or whatever mm-hmm. and and. All of us were just like, like, this is amazing. Yeah, like <laughs> you know? moving colored lights and stuff. It's really, I mean, the, just the amount of customization and like immersive qualities to it, like, and just quality of life stuff. Like, once you figure it out, things just make sense. In it. Like so, doors that players can open if they're unlocked. That's crazy. Yeah. I, you know how many problems we have with doors and desks <laughs> at Southern Tom Foolery. Yeah. And, you know, at least some of that may be a thing of the past. <clears throat> yeah. Um, though, if it comes down to an engineering check to get one open, all bets are off. So, I see Vera in the in the chat mentions that it's an animated map. And I want to just articulate that it's actually not. Like, it's a animated light effect that you can put in place anywhere on the map. You know what I mean? Like, there are animated maps that kind of ha- – that are basically GIFs that just roll up under – the grid but this you can like set different points to have light sources that do different things you know mm-hmm. um it's 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 and like have them toggle really like slick. a day night mode to where certain light sources are only visible at night to like set mm-hmm. a campfire and during yeah. the day it doesn't emit light because it's not burning you switch it over to nighttime and boom you've got light from that campfire and can set the distance and everything. it's it's so cool yeah, it's yeah, a, it's it's, it's like, a lot of very intuitive small things that 
just like you weren't even thinking about or we I think a lot of the time weren't even thinking about that makes Mm -hmm. it it's not necessarily something that will come through like the podcast process that you guys will benefit from but the benefit will be our immersion like we'll be I feel like we all as players will be so much more uh immersed in the map and and it'll make that whole uh, you know our our own level of involvement so much more attentive Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know mm-hmm. and and that i think is a benefit for the podcast like if we're more well, immersed we, like it's going to come we through. also talked about you know for any potential streamed live games yeah the the, the mm-hmm. visual component that we can add through that so yeah that's i think that's pretty big news because we've been pretty diehard roll 20 i mean it served as well throughout existence. the years of us using yeah, it like yeah, I mean, I very yeah. much appreciate Roll20, and it's gotten us to, to where we are. I mean, we wouldn't have been the group we are today without them. But, you know, sometimes you want to check out other stuff, and, and having those features uh, seems really cool. And I think I think we are we did vote. Like, we're all on board with at least trying yeah. it out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we also had a uh, – this last month, there was another STFU – and you guys hosted the Dice Crisis, right? We did, yeah. How did that go? That was great. Um, those guys have a really cool perspective on the game. And um, it, was, it was cool to talk to them and pick their brain a little bit. And, you know, it just kind of capped off of a real strong series of STFU interviews, you know. Uh, we don't have anything on the books right now, but we had that was like, the you know kind of the cap on a, a, a nice run of some interesting and fun interviews you know um, ah so we've we've hit the peak huh we're do- not doing STFU anymore yeah it's done <laughs> I mean how can we how can we top the dice crisis you know like <laughs> they blew they blew the ceiling away so wait well, hey, I'm gonna take a sip of my uh, crown apple and cheers to the dice crisis thanks for being on go. STFU. Cheers, guys. ST- <laughs> the dice crisis breaks STFU. But no, I actually, um, speaking of that, when I was procrastinating on doing prep for this <laughs> this uh, Tom Talks last night, I actually listened to the whole dice crisis episode last night, and I, I did enjoy it a lot. And I I really thought it was interesting that. You know, whereas we we started a podcast after we had already been playing games together for a good while and kind of knew each other's styles to some degree, like that didn't seem to be the case with the Dice Crisis. Like they, you know, they talked about that they came in without any of them having, I guess, enough experience that they identified as like I'm an RP person or I'm a combat person or whatever, and they kind of mm-hmm. let kind of let the game mold them. They were a little more yeah malleable in that way. They did, and and. As I said, it gives a very interesting perspective to to their show and to their game. So, um, yeah, good stuff. So, uh, the main topic for uh, the first part, for, for the evening in general, is flashbacks. And actually, uh, it's funny because John just did an intro on flashbacks. Uh, which is funny, but <clears throat> that's that's kind of what we're going to talk about uh, with flashbacks being a staple of STF, as well as I think a lot of actual play podcasts, you know. Um, and uh, as far as John, I've got to give him a big shout out 
on this because he's had some killer flashback scenes lately with his character. Um, he, uh, well, he really, really dug in to the flashback scene when it comes to Kuiper. I mean, he he wrote a book, y'all. Yeah, he's got, he did. He's got a he's got a novel on it, but I mean, it's 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 good, and you know, I think it works for Kuiper specifically because he's coming in so late into the story. You know, when he came in, he was seven levels, so there's seven levels of story there. Right. That's ripe for t- telling, you know? Well, and that's, that's kind of one of the things that I think is interesting about that is that, you know, everybody but him, uh, you know, none of our characters had, had died or anything. <clears throat> so we had, those characters had already been doing flashbacks since the beginning. And as cool as flashbacks are, like, you know, eventually you've kind of, that well runs dry to some degree. So it's, it was nice to have a new character come in and kind of reinvigorate all our, uh, the flashback thing. Um, after we had already kind of told a lot of our stories to have a new story right. in there was very cool. Yeah, I, I agree. It was, it was nice to have, to have a character to do flashbacks for. Cause like, <laughs> you know, it, there wasn't, we had told a lot of y'all's backstories already in the first season. So, right. Yeah. I mean, not, not much for fell, but that being said, like, Fell kind of had a simple life leading up to this. You know, it's his background has been told mostly through, well, I mean, the events in Signal of Screams so far. You know? Yeah, I mean, you had some flashbacks, but yeah, the, you just didn't have. Fell is a character that doesn't have a dramatic past. You know what I mean? Like, he's gotten his skills that he has through just the hard work that he's done and the the life that he's lived. And, He's the kind of greenest of the APA, or he was, you know, I, at this point, he's pretty, he's become a pretty hardened, you know, battle ready <laughs> mechanic, you know, yeah. uh, but that was, that was, your arc was so much more in the present, you know, than the past. And I think that's where fell so much of fell developed, you know, is in the present. Yeah. Well, and there's an interesting, <clears throat> kind of balance there like i feel like people come from come at flashbacks in a lot of different ways based on like your not only your play style but like how you go about building characters because you know uh people like like me like john that love to like write a three five page uh backstory coming Mm -hmm. into a character well hey you've got a bunch of stuff to do to, to base flashbacks around or whatever but whenever you run out of that script you know, like you've either got to improvise or just like, all right, well, we've told it all, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's the kind of thing I can, I, I can understand the mentality that a lot of GMs have where they don't want you to do that, where they want you to develop in the, in the present and focus on the current narrative. And then if we can come together and figure something out, that's cool. But, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot of GMs that don't want you to come with, a novella written, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I've even made the argument against coming with something that deep. Um, it, the main thing really is that if you do, you just have to be willing to bend it and shape it a little bit. Right. Based, you know, with the GM, because the GM's trying to tie you into it, you know, and they, there's some things that the GM is going to know that, you as a player won't, you know, and so there's like, hey, if we just kind of shift this angle a little bit, we can really bring you in 
hardcore to the main thread of what what y'all will be doing and so we can actually get into it you know right i mean i think that's kind of the key is like being adaptable in general whether you you bring in a long backstory or don't bring in one at all it's all about like okay well how can we make this character how can we graft it onto the current situation and the current narrative so Mm -hmm. you know neither one of them is like an inherently wrong way to do it but I can't like I personally like playing Mike, like having come in with the the big backstory that I did. We did a bunch of flashbacks with Mike and then coming into Signal of Screams. It was like, well, shit, I kind of told my story. So I guess, you know, I'll take a back seat. Let let other people tell their stories now, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and and I can tend to feel a little like lost in that regard uh, at at times just because it's like, oh, okay, well. I went I went hot out the gate <laughs> with the the mm. flashbacks and the backstory elements, and uh, but I mean that's that's okay. I mean because like the you know we're playing a campaign that goes from level one to twenty, you know, right. so there's the, that that spotlight shift is going to move around several times throughout that, you know, and Mike and his backstory and his connection to the Aslanti really carried a lot of the early. APA arc, you know what I mean? And now it's like, okay, we've resolved the Aslanti and now you're much more being developed in the present by your relationship to the APA and what it's becoming. And then the corruption, of course, that's, that's <laughs> causing you the grief that it is, you know? Um, and so it's, it is interesting sometimes how that shifts to where it's like, okay, there's a story I want to tell that's bringing the past into relevancy to the present and then there's who am i who am i becoming in the now you know yeah well and a big part of that also is having a new crewmate like back to john's character kuiper that that is a way in which all of us as a party but mike in particular is like being shaped and molded in the present by his reactions to this new character you know and Mm -hmm. and by the flashbacks that he's getting and sometimes revealing to us you know, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and speaking of John, I did want to say we actually wanted to have John on tonight uh, because he's done such a good job with his flashbacks and 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 he's so interested in telling that story of Kuiper. But he had a good friend coming in town, and we didn't want to have him ha- have to make him divide his time like that. But again, I wanted to give a shout out to John, like and and if if you you're listening to this in the future, John, like you're crushing it, and we love you, and hope you're having a good time. <laughs> Uh, well, so flashbacks in general, can I just like tell you where, like why I'm so into doing them? I mean, I already no. know the answer to this. No, man. Don't need to hear it. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll move Next. on. What you got here? <laughs> so, Time for intermission. Well, I mean, I did, I did have a little bit about like kind of flashbacks in general, um, which, you know, just as a general technique of storytelling, like flashbacks have a long history in, in literature and in film and now podcasts. Um, right. But they've come, they've become kind of ubiquitous in film and TV. And to the point that it's easy to take them for granted and overlook like how powerful they can be and how much of the heavy lifting flashbacks do in some of our favorite stories. Because like mm-hmm. you, you think of like your favorite, particularly TV shows and like, and like, even back in the day, like detective stories really utilized a lot of flashbacks for the, you know, for how they built their narratives. But we're so used to it that, you know, sometimes you don't even think about it. You expect them. And sometimes you'll, uh, if you're starting a new show and they don't have flashbacks, you, you can 
even have a sense of disappointment because we're so spoiled to having good flashbacks with shows like Lost. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't capital L, capital O, capital S, capital T. I, I yeah, I know. Adam, I was honestly was like joking when I said no. Like I, I do well, want to hear know. why you like them. Is it because of Lost? Well, it's it's a huge reason. Okay. Um and and I'll say that Lost to me is so clearly influenced by Stephen King, who is also very much uses flashbacks to characterize like Mm -hmm. and that's the type that's i very much like that specific style of flashback to where it's like there's a character having a moment in the present that triggers a memory or a a relationship to the flashback that makes both of them more poignant yeah you know like what's happening in the now bounces back echoes back into the flashback and then the flashback echoes into where their mindset and and why they're about to make the decision they make or why this is affecting them in the way that it is you know right so so i mean in terms of like in technical terms uh you know if you're talking about stephen king you know you're talking about books not so much tv shows until mm. later like, and I was, you know, digging as the English major I am, but like flashbacks originally in literature are called analepsis. And there's two different kinds. There's internal analepsis, which tells you about an event that occurred earlier in the narrative, whereas external analepsis, which is what you're talking about, tells you about an event that occurred prior to the narrative. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what Lost did so eloquently so much of the mm-hmm. time was external analepsis, external flashbacks. And what Stephen King has done a lot of the time as well. And I think also in terms of podcasts, you almost exclusively see external analepsis, you know, flash mm-hmm. flashbacks to tell the story before the story instead of because there are great ways in film to have an internal flashback and, and like especially like detective, you know, crime noir thrillers, t- stuff like that, where. Oh, I missed this detail earlier in the story that we're telling, and now I know who the killer is. You know, mm-hmm. but right. that that kind of thing doesn't happen as much, uh, hardly ever. I would say in in podcasts, like so much emphasis on flashbacks in podcasts is that external analepsis of tell me the story of your character. You know, years before we ever started, te- you know, doing this podcast before this story started being told. Right. The only only one of our characters that I think that wasn't that style was was Zeno, right? Like Zeno kind of had some some of that, like oh, this detail that happened. Well, Zeno had both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I like as I said, Stephen King lost that style of flashback and you know and, and characterizing a moment while while doing development for a character. It's just something I love so much. And I think it works so good for the TTRPG space because it's a way to get those cool backstories into the game without forcing an awkward conversation that probably wouldn't happen in, in yeah. real time. You know what I mean? Like Right. Well, and one of the things I love about flashbacks in podcasts in particular, as opposed to TV shows or films is when a flashback is going to happen, say, in a movie or a TV show, there's all these visual cues that it's going to happen. You know, like the edges mm-hmm. might get dark or the, the it might, 
you know, look like you're looking through water or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then your brain's like, oh, okay, this is a flashback to an earlier period of time. Colors are muted or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's great examples of like, uh, you know, uh, going to black and white in a flashback or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so that's how it's done in film and television is with all these visual cues. Uh, that is a very subtle and smart way that your brain unco- you know de- decodes that. But one thing I love so much about podcasts is that being in a podcast, it is not only the story that you're telling, it is you guys playing the game that is telling the story that you're telling. So like <laughs> there's something unique about that in that like think about our doodly doos, right? We we don't all know what's about to happen with this flashback, and it's not just seamless. Like the story is being told, and then a flashback is happening. Like we get the chance to stop and be like, uh, "Okay, I'm gonna need some doodly doos," and then everybody gets so excited, like, "Oh, what's about yeah, to come?" You like, know oh, that that who's that, is it? You know that kind of experience is something you don't get out of watching a TV show or a movie. Like you might get excited, but you don't get excited together. And have that mystery of like, ooh, whose whose flashback is it? You know, right, right. I, I think there's that, something that flashback in the moment type deal. Right. I just think there's something really unique about the the podcast medium in terms of flashbacks. That it's a very unique kind of joy that we all get together. That's very different from reading a book or watching a flashback in TV. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> all <right>. Same. <laughs> That's why I do it. That's why I like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm actually curious, uh, Adam. Is there any reason that you don't like them, or you would choose not to do them? I, okay, so I think that they have the risk of of becoming self indulgent. I think they have the risk of becoming too spotlighty on one character. So like we have we have a pretty good cast of of players here who all want to contribute to their characters in one way or another however they do it right and so like Mike has a a great string of flashbacks and then Heath might not have something but then Ziva you know Emily has something good for Ziva like there there's always something churning with our table and that might not be the case at every table not you know there, you might have a table of people that don't have the time or the inclination to want to like write out these flashbacks, these scenes and like really are like dig into the RP of these m- big moments of their past. And so you, that could generate that kind of star player thing that you want to try to avoid. Main, char- main character the, syndrome. Right. And so, so. There's that. And then again, you know, you can run the risk of becoming self-indulgent. You know, they take, I mean, we've had some flashbacks that go 15 minutes. I would say that that's typically too long of of time to spend on something that happened prior to what you guys came to the table to do. You know what I mean? Like, so by by (laughs) self-indulgent, you mean like for you as a GM or for us as a podcast? It depends on who's writing them, but anybody who's writing, writing a scene and it's like getting really into it. You're opening yourself up to some self-indulgence because it's about a singular character, or it's about the GM's awesome writing. You know, kind of like whatever. hogging the spotlight, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah but, okay. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the thing is, like, it may not even be something you're doing intentionally, you know, like, because you get, it's easy to get wrapped up in your story. I'm someone who has to check myself on main character syndrome constantly. Um, No, no, you don't. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. All right. Titanium Mike and the Apollo Protection Agency. All right. You don't, you don't got to be a dick. I'm trying to actually say something here. Um, but no, it may, it may not be the kind of thing that's intentional. Like j- just that level of enthusiasm that you have for your character can lend to that sort of self-indulgence because when you're writing about your own character, inevitably you're trying to express like what it is you love about this character concept that you've created. Right. So in a way it's like, all right, well, let me, you, let me spend this time to make you understand how badass this is, you know? Right. right. And that I'd say. I'd say another thing that, you know, I've experienced that is kind of a pitfall when it comes to flashback stories in, in particularly the way that we do them to where we do want the flashbacks to be relevant to what's going on in the main story that, you know, I've got a whole cork board up here of trying to connect John's building flashback story thread into the main thread, into the shadow party thread. Like, you're opening yourself up to a lot of narrative. Well, loose ends you have that, to tie up, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lost, as much as I am inspired by them, they're also a warning to me about not going too far out there with all these different strands because eventually you're going to get to a point where you can't tie them off because you have too many going, you know? And so that's something that you want to be very mindful of and careful of, you know? Yeah. Well, and kind of back to the point you were making, Adam, about your, your table composition. Like we, as you said, our group of friends at our table, like we all are pretty invested in our characters and it allows us to like, you know, this week, this character will get a flashback and then three, four weeks later or three, four episodes later, another will. And it rotates like that, you know, so it doesn't get you know too focused on one character but i mean there are plenty of tables and there's nothing wrong with this that are like half the table are just like hardcore min maxers or like just only combat focused kind of people that don't really feel comfortable with rp and stuff and then the other two might be fucking theater majors you know right and then that can make it a little unfair where it's like okay well these two are far and away the main characters and they've got a flashback every two weeks, you know, and it's, it, it's just a balance that can really seesaw one way. If you don't check it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a balance like anything, I suppose, you know, um, you just gotta, you, you gotta work it through your table and it's gotta be a table type deal, you know? And I think, for us, it's worked because, well, each each player at the STF table has a different level of engagement to the flashbacks, like how much they write of it or how much of it is a back and forth or how much is of me writing it. You know, that's different for each player. But one thing that we've all kind of agreed on is what the general idea and format and purpose of the flashbacks are and kind of like understanding that there'll be times that we'll have to edit, you know, clip some stuff out. Cause it's not really relevant to what we're doing right now, you know, right. Those types of things. So, well, I will say doing the little bit of research on flashbacks I did leading up to this, it was, it was actually really cool because 
you know, uh, going in, it was like, I mean, I know what flashbacks are. Like, it's not a difficult concept. Um, and inevitably, I always do that. I start researching and I get way more interested than I thought I was to begin with. But it really stoked that little English major flame in my heart because, like, just stories in general are such a uniquely human, like, construction. And they're, they're like, so vital to all of us, whether or not we identify as writers or storytellers. Like, we all tell stories constantly, even if we're not good at it. And thinking about flashbacks just makes me realize, like, how amazing stories are as a whole, uh, particularly fiction stories, but how something as simple as interrupting the chronological flow of a narrative and inserting a little tidbit from the past can be so amazingly impactful sometimes like that it can be you know it can be revelatory well it it can be what it can be what the show is you know like in tv shows and stuff like i don't think i really would have cared about about lost that much if it weren't for the flashbacks you know that was like integral to the fabric of the show like each episode you're like whose episode is this going to be and what are we going to focus on you know what personality trait or or event is going to peel back the mysteries of this island even further, you know? And, like, they just got... They hooked you so good with that. Like, I, to me, that was the propelling momentum is, like, who's going to... Whose flash are we going to see next, you know? Whose episode is this going to be, you know? And then on a more macro scale, something like Stormlight Archive, each book has a particular character, character that has a flashback arc through each book, you know? And it's like, oh... That's one thing I'm looking forward to every time a new book is coming. Who's who's getting the flashback this book, you know, which helps contextualize the entire vibe of that part of the story, you know? Right. Like to, with Mike in the boxing, right? That that contextualized the whole third part of season one, you know, is bringing the boxing into Outpost said like that gave that a whole, its own flavor because of say this is the flashback or the part of the backstory anyway that we're bringing forward to the moment you know yeah I mean if you were to take the same circumstances the same events in game that we actually played without the flashbacks and just said that yeah Mike is a you know a professional boxer was you know almost champion and left it at that those fights still would have been neat, but wouldn't have held nearly the impact that they did or have would have, they wouldn't have had nearly as much uh, weight to them, I guess. And, and like Gardenzio mm-hmm. in Signal of Screams, like all, the whole table knew the significance of Gardenzio showing up at New Elysium because of the flashbacks right. versus just rather than just Heath of, knowing yeah. being like, Oh, this is somebody from my backstory. Oh, cool. And everybody's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Who, like who I don't, I don't like, give a shit. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know. Flashbacks to me are so, I, I get that they can, you know, they're ham fisted ways to do them and that there are shows that have in the past, like relied on them too much and thought that could carry them and didn't necessarily, which I'm not re- referencing Lost. Lost was amazing, but it just, it just really, again, it makes me realize, like, that t- writing fiction, in whatever way that you do it, is a, a building process. It's, it's intentional. It's a construction project. And that is, like, mm-hmm. such a cool tool that you can use in the construction of your story. Like, I, it made me think, I wish I had been, you know, 3,000 years ago, the first guy who ever thought to use a flashback. 
You know, like, because, I mean, there's examples of flashbacks, or, or analepsis, rather, as far back as the ancient uh, uh, Indian, you know, Sanskrit, the Ramayana, you know, like, mm. ancient, ancient Indian works that are pivotal to their culture have examples of flashbacks in them, you know, like, yeah. it's not a new concept. But could you imagine being... Wait, we didn't invent flashbacks? We, we did not. You, all right, you you're... I thought that was Family Guy. I get that you're a method actor, but you really need to back off a of Weldy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've got the beanie on and everything. I see that. You know? I see that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's just such a cool tool to use, like because flashbacks are one of the most effective ways to inject like a massive amount of meaning and understanding into a character situation in such a short amount of time, you know, like generally flashbacks, uh, I, I mean, granted lost did a shitload of them, but generally they're like a few minutes long thing or a few pages long thing within a much larger work. So something mm -hmm. that small to do so much work and so much of the heavy lifting is, uh, I mean, it's just astounding. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I like me some flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's plenty of stories that are very linear that have no need of flashbacks and are very well done, but I thank God that tool is there. Mm -hmm. I mean, just something as simple as interrupting the chronological order of a story to do as much as it does in our, in our own game even is so cool. Uh, I was going to ask you, Adam, um, what, one of the sort of impactful things about flashbacks is not just the added backstory, but the insight we gain about a character who just had a flashback in the current narrative present. So as a GM, do you find it difficult to know when to initiate a flashback? Like, I feel like I know you have like a general idea of like, I know I'm going to do it this episode, but like, does that just pulling the trigger on it ever like paralyze you or become difficult? I mean, Generally, I'd say no, but there has definitely been some instances where it's like, it feels like it's, it's a real hard pivot from what's happening right. in the moment. You know, it's like, I have to like, be like, okay, stop doing what you're doing. Hey, we're going to do a flashback here. And those, those types of instances are not my favorite, you know, like I feel, I feel a little disruptive. Yeah, um, in that regard, uh -huh. most of the time, though, I can place the flashbacks in a place where I f where it's appropriate because I'm working with the person whose character's flashback it is to be like, hey, here's kind of a general idea of how this is going to relate. And so they're working with me back to, like, make it a little bit more plug and play, you know. And so, like, I'll use Zach's Evelyn story. You know, when he mentioned he wanted to tell that story in his flashbacks, I was like, okay, well, you know, what's the, how are we going to get this in there? Because there's nothing really that's going on in the main story that's going to connect directly to Evelyn, right? But he had mentioned also that he was wanting to improve his weapon, you know what I mean? And, and his weapon is named Evelyn, you know? I was like, okay, well, that's where we're going to start, so... I took something as simple as like a, 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 just a regular upgrade that you can usually hand wave in 30 seconds of <laughs> chatter, you know, like, okay, cool. Yeah. Your, your hunting rifle is now a level seven, you know, whatever he has now. Uh, but it's like, wow, no, let's, let's stop and like, let's have your gun 
be taken away from you a while. So you're thinking about it and, and we're wondering as an audience, why is Evelyn even in, inscribed on this gun? You know? And so it gives us that kind of in to, to launch the flashback as an example of how I connected a story to what was going on live and tried to make it seamless, you know, right. Yeah, to have a, a smooth segue into it as opposed to ham fisting it. Right. Well, and I mean, the thing about flashbacks that, that they do so well is provide context, right? Like, I mean, yes, they provide you with additional narrative, but a lot of the times that's when you, you find really masterful pieces of flashback work is when, for instance, like Zach had had that gun forever, you know, and we hadn't put that much thought into like how much it meant to him until we find out the backstory and why it's named Evelyn. So uh, something that had already been there this entire time, you get a whole new level of context mm -hmm. that, uh, that that's, it's just really, it's just really neat guys. Flashbacks are just <laughs> neat. <laughs> it's neat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, you know, you get, it is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. Heath. You know, right. to, to get back to your question, it's, it's, I try to make it seem effortless, right? but it's not always that way. You know what I mean? But I think with a little give and take from GM and player, you can get there together, you know? And that's generally been the case. There's only been a few times where I've been like, okay, this just doesn't work right here. You know, we can maybe come back to it later or whatever, but this is, this has no spot to exist right here. And that's only happened like a couple of right. times over the course of all the episodes. Well, that, you know? that was kind of my next question was, I was going to say, obviously you communicate with the players leading up to a flashback, but that said, even when you know one's coming up, are there situations where the player whose flashback is approaching has messed up your plans for when to do so? Like you, you fully intended like, all right, we're doing this flashback this episode. And then the player does something that, that screws it so up or, or delays it's, it. It's more like the group will, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I can't say that I can think of a time that the player whose flashback it was supposed to be did something that was like, okay, well, now we can't do your flashback. Yeah. I mean, well, why'd you do generally, that? they're in on it, too. You know? Yeah. Um, but there has been several times where the group has gone away, away from my flashback trigger point. You know, like, <laughs> the most recent example is the last flashback that we had. And I'll try to keep this vague for people who aren't caught up. But the last flashback that we had was supposed to happen several episodes prior like i had it pulled up ready to go for like episode 105 <laughs> you know really uh yeah but you know it's we're, we're on a map here that you guys can go any way that you want and i and i do try to give you guys as much possible agency within a very railroaded ap as possible you know and so it was like okay well we're just gonna push this till they circle back around to it you know and and that's fine, you know, like it would have been weird to try to force it in once you guys had moved away from it, you know. And so what I did do is talk to the player whose flashback it was and say, hey, OK, we missed it this week. And this is why eventually you'll just, you know, you'll get back to where we can launch it and be good to go, you know. 
So, uh, with flashbacks, like you mentioned, uh, the term trigger point, which I mean, generally throughout the history of fiction, if a flashback occurs, there is a trigger that made it happen. So, like, I feel like that would be more complicated. Granted, I don't GM a lot. I feel like that would be much more complicated for someone who is GMing as opposed to like a writer who can just do do yeah, whatever you, can you want. Your characters mm-hmm. to exactly where you want so, them to be. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> does does that ever like? Is that something that stresses you out, or or is that something that you're like? you're constantly looking for are like, like what is the appropriate trigger? And, and have there been times when you just couldn't find the right trigger and just had to do a flashback anyways? Um, yes, yes. And yes. Okay. So yes, it stresses me. <laughs> Go <out>. on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course it stresses me out, you know, because I, I, I don't want the flashbacks to ever feel forced, even though it's okay if, Sometimes they're just there when they, because I just got to squeeze them in. But like, I, I, I go with the intent of never, of trying to not have a forced flashback, you know? Um, but in the times that I've come to, or I was like, okay, we got to get this piece of information out there. Sometimes I'll just start an episode cold with a flashback and just be like, Hey, I'm, we're coming into this episode with the flashback i think i've done that twice you know yeah. it's like i'm not gonna wait for the trigger we're gonna start this is gonna be the opening vibe the cold open to the to this episode is a flashback right you know? well and that's a that's a smart workaround too because instead of like having to seek uh, like triggers could be so many different things you know what i'm saying it could be something as simple as like you see a, an object you had in your childhood in the store of a win uh, uh, uh the window of a store excuse me or it could be a conversation or whatever. Like there's so many things that can be triggers, but you can't really influence them that much to like get mm-hmm. the trigger that you want. So I think that is a smart workaround if you, if you do the cold open, um, flashback, but it does make a statement. It says like, Hey, mm-hmm. that, then it's like, it's like the reverse. It's instead of looking for a trigger, it's implying like, Hey, now we've done this flashback. Be looking for something that's going to happen with that character. You know, yeah, that's relative, right? Right, right. So right. then it's like reverse trigger hunting, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's always, it's, I mean, GMing is juggling a lot of balls at once, you know. I mean, it's 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 you just and being okay with them dropping, like, that's the thing, like, you gotta be okay with letting them hit the ground and scooping them back up and see what you got now, you know, like, cause that's going to happen. I mean, that's so much of, so much of the main thrust of the story is dependent on dice and is just dependent on each of y'all's mood that night that we're playing. And like, there's just so many factors that are completely unavailable to me during my prep phase. You know what I mean? Like that, I have like a lot of general options and hope that we get close to one. You know, what <laughs> right? <I mean? laughs> you just cast several wide nets. Yeah, yeah. These these heathens over here, I know. chuckling at you, ball, ball juggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've 
we all agree, I think. We're all unanimous. And I think probably everybody in the podcast is unanimous about like how vital flashbacks are uh, and how cool they can be, both through the media that we've seen in the past and through playing the game that we are. But I do think that doing an actual play podcast, it kind of, I hesitate to say this forcefully, but it kind of forces flashbacks on you. Like, that's a technique that you almost have to use in this type of game and this type of media because it's not visual, because you can't show the flashbacks and you are intentionally creating characters that are supposed to come from somewhere and you're supposed to open that up as time goes. And because they're yeah. so long, the stories are so much longer than a movie or, or a lot of TV shows, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I personally, I don't think that they're absolutely necessary, but they definitely add a lot of flavor to the show and make it a lot more entertaining and more enjoying to listen to or enjoyable to listen, yeah, I, listen to. I guess I, guess I was o- overdoing it, saying it forces you to do it. But I, I think if you if you want to tell a story with a TTRPG in the way that we do, that is such a, a valuable tool that like you, you almost, at at least from the storytelling perspective, like for you to not utilize it is like tying a hand behind your back, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm just going to devil's advocate this just because, you know, even though I'm firmly on the side that flashbacks add a great deal to, to, an actual play podcast. I do think that there is uh, that it depends on the type of story that you're trying to tell, right? You know, like we are very into the persons of our story. You know what I mean? Like that's just all of us. uh, One reason that we've all become such close friends and like, is we share a similar taste for types of stories that we want to consume. But there is another story that is very much a, this is the present. This is what's happening. And it's in in like, there's a whole belief that everything, the most interesting thing that happens to a TTRPG character should be what's happening at that moment in the game, because they're progressively getting better, stronger, you know, they're, 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 their most impactful part of their existence should be the game that you're playing. Cause that's the point, you know, like, and I think there's an argument to be made for that, that, that there's, there's a different way to tell a story. That's more about propelling characters based on what they're reacting to. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And I'm, I'm not disputing that at all. I, which is why I said, if you want to tell stories in the way that we want to tell stories, which, you know, many of us are like humanities people, uh, particularly, you know, me, you and Zach, and, and, you know, the humanities are very character driven as opposed to, to plot driven as much, you know? So, and, mm-hmm. and we all, we all like characters. We all like to dig into our characters. So, I mean, that's kind of the point I'm making. It's like, if, if we want to, the kind of stories we want to tell, we want to be really, really invested in our characters and have, you know, events unfolding both from their past and their present. And in that goal, it's just such a huge tool. It's, it's such a huge boon mm-hmm. to have. Uh, flashbacks in your story. I'm not saying you can't have a good podcast without flashbacks because you can. Mm-hmm. It's just a different type of story, you know. Yeah, it's it's much more like a story that's built strictly on forward momentum and like 
you know, I'm, I, I, I am on this adventure because I didn't have a life before this, you know, like this is the life that I'm choosing. This is the, the, my destiny that I'm going to seek as opposed to, to having this tragic past that influence, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, Hey, that's fell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why you don't have very many flashbacks, but that's okay. You know, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, like I've thought about writing more or some, uh, backstory with, with his history, with the, uh, with Eclipse and all that. But like, I just, I don't know. Like it doesn't seem, I guess it does feel like it'd be indulgent and in, like trying to shine a spotlight that doesn't need to be shown because it's already been told. Well, and shown don't through worry, the games. Folks. Don't worry, folks. Next episode, episode 107, you're going to get a lot yeah. of fell characterization. Oh, wow, it was so fun. Uh, so you good. Guys, you guys, I can't wait for y'all to hear episode 107. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. Well, I do have written here, Josh. I had a, a couple questions for you, and, and it was to the point that we're already making. I, I was going to ask, like, as a player, do you like to write flashbacks? I know we kind of mentioned that Fell doesn't have a lot, but I, I wonder, like, to what degree is that? Um, because you want to play a character that's kind of doesn't have this tragic backstory that kind of lives in the present or whatever, or, or do you, is, is writing flashbacks something you enjoy doing or not enjoy doing? Cause it's, I mean, that is your prerogative and it's fine either way. Yeah. I, for me, it's honestly difficult to want to write one because as a player, I personally would rather have my character's story come out while I'm playing. Versus something that I dictate and choose and potentially lock myself in on some details versus, I guess, being a little bit more flexible and potentially being usable by the GM if they need somebody or a character for a certain thing or there's a story beat that they want to try and fit that fits my character. They can make that happen that if I'd written something different might not work. So partially I... Uh, to be honest, it's it's difficult for me to try to sit down to write something compelling without feeling like I'm blowing smoke up my own ass. Yeah, or my see, ass. that's I I kind of have I've always gotten that vibe about you, and and like part of me hates it. Like I I wish you would like fucking do it. Just write a dope ass flashback or, or a dope ass backstory. Cause like, I totally understand like wanting to be malleable and, and usable by the GM and, and not wanting to cut off any avenues of, of them. Um, but I don't, I like, I don't want you to be too malleable, you know, like fucking do, do something you're really interested in, you know, yeah. in terms of backstory and stuff. Well, who knows? Likely not with Fel, but future characters, We'll, we'll see. Get that juicy, juicy gloom bot. Ooh. Flashback. <laughs> <laughs> get that deep. Well, uh, flashback. Uh, again, to Josh, like we, we mentioned that you've, uh, your flashbacks as Fell have been fairly sparse compared to other members of the party. Um, and, and I know you, you know, you want to kind of be flexible and, and tell the story in the moment, but do you have some more like nuggets of, of backstory saved up you've been hoarding for later? Or, or like I've, I have some moments. They're not like written out, but I have a couple of moments. But 
it's really just a matter of if they ever become relevant, you know? Right. And if they don't end up being told by playing the story, you know? Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I think that I know those, I know those moments and I think that they have definitely influenced how Josh plays fell. Oh, for sure. You know, like, like it, it definitely, while it might not have like all the pizzazz that, that a flashback, a dedicated flashback would require. Those moments are very important to who fell is and mm-hmm. is, is seen through the way that Josh characterizes fell. So I mean, they, and, and a lot of that plays into, as I said, you'll see in next episode, one of seven of, of how I improvise that interaction is based off of what I know of, of fell's history. That seems innocuous on paper, but like, gives all sorts of room to just kind of play with, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the other thing too. Like those, those story beats have acted more or less as a seed for how I'm playing the character, but having those explicitly told as a flashback to me feels like, I guess, unnecessary because they do, or because Adam is in on it and has done a great job of, helping me, uh, I guess, show those mm-hmm. through Fell's actions, you know, and having those seeds to, you know, kind of fall back on as far as where he came from and more of a backstory than, you know, flashback moments. Yeah, it, it feels like, uh, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but it feels like you're saying you're almost like afraid of the permanence of a flashback. Like, oh, yeah. that, that, like, hey, like, this is an idea I have that I, has been kind of foundational to how I play, but maybe the things around that moment can still be amorphous in my head or, or in terms of how the GM wants to use them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can totally appreciate that. And that's one of the interesting things about a backstory versus flashbacks. Like, especially people like me and John that write big, long backstories, like, we know we're not going to get all of that in flashback form, you know, and, and even the stuff that doesn't come back and be told in a flashback, it still informs the way you play a lot, you know, and those, those can be, those can be really interesting, very special and very personal to you that you may, they, they may be things you never share with anybody, but like, that is how you view your character and the actions that they, that have influenced them in their lives. And, and that, you know, some of those things may never ever come out on the show, but have a vital importance to how you make your character's way in life. Absolutely. All right. Well, what a hefty and neat conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That's been great. It's just been so neat. Um, So I think it's about intermission time. When we come back, we're going to talk about STF con line. We've got our last part of this three-month segment of trivia, so we can uh, get our trivia out, tally up the winners, and and give out a special gift, special prize. Uh, And then, as always, we're going to have listener questions, so stick around. We'll hit that intermission music for you, and we'll be back in just a little bit. Yeah, this time it is actually going to be 15 minutes, so. A real 15? A solid exact, well, maybe not to the millisecond, but like within the second. Not an arbitrary an actual video. <laughs> 15 15, 15. <laughs> alright well I'll see you guys back here in 15 minutes alrighty
Welcome back. Hey guys, host, co-host, producer, former producer. What's up? It's been so long. One and, guess. Guess. and we and a guess. we have a special guest today. Our friend Matthew. Uh, you may know him as Viradux on the Discord. Is here today to talk to us a little bit about STF Conline. How you doing today, good sir? Woo-hoo. Doing good, fellas. How is everybody doing? We're good. Great. I'm good. First of all, before we get into this, Matthew, I just got to say thank you for your role in making this happen. Um, it it It's a big project to undertake, and I really appreciate what you've done to kind of help facilitate that, too. So thank you very much. Thanks for being on the show. Glad you're, you're here. No problem. You're another example of our skill at... Uh, finding uh really intelligent awesome people to do skilled labor for us for free (laughs) just wait i'm gonna start charging you guys (laughs) it's like it's like look we pay you in discord oh there we go (laughs) i'm I'm up to four well you are you are a passel pal right yeah yeah Yeah. so so you get at least the benefits of that true yeah true uh, so welcome back, listeners. Uh, like I said, we got Matthew here. We're going to talk about STF Conline. Um, I, I, you know, assume being uh, living in the Discord like I do that everybody knows about it, but that that may not be the case. So, like, why don't we break down wh- what is STF Conline? You asking me there, Uh Well, I was just hoping anybody would jump in. <laughs> so it's a weekend of people playing games and people running games and yeah, yeah. we're yeah. hosting it. Well, the, the 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 idea comes from we love tabletop playing very much and we love our community very much and we want to combine the two and and we want to I think Matthew will probably touch on this shortly but we want to create relationships to blossom the future so that more games can be played um and so obviously we want to put starfinder in the spotlight because we're all ambassadors of this system we really really love it and believe in it and and have a lot of time playing it or have a lot of fun playing it but at, at the same time you know one of the beauty of this hobby is there so many different systems and games to play and so already we have several gms that are going to come in and and run some alternatives to starfinder 2 and so the the bottom line is that we want to play games with y'all we want y'all to play games with each other and we want to just continue to facilitate our community around our shared hobby as much as possible right and and the dates are March 26th, 27th, 28th, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there there's a bunch of slots uh that you can sign up to GM uh any of those days. How how, how many slots do we have on each day? Uh well, it varies on the day cuz Friday is is a half day. Um just because we assume that a lot of people are still going to have to work on Friday so there won't be as much availability. On Friday, so it starts um, at one and goes till three a.m. officially. Okay, so that being said, this is Southern Tom Foolery. There's, I expect there to be several unofficial things happening over the course of the weekend. <laughs> um, what? So on Friday starts at one, goes till three. We have um, 
roughly nine slots, but that's, that's all just continues to be dependent on the GMs that we have. If we end up getting more people available on Friday, we'll add more slots. You know, that's, it's, it's kind of just creating the tables right now. One thing I will say is that STF to kind of officially kick it off on Friday is that we're going to actually do a live stream of a little one shot that I've developed for the, for the STF cast and it's called assault on the pools of paradise. And so it's going to be this little module that I uh, am putting together and we're going to run the first part of it live on Twitch. And so it's going to be our first live stream game. We're going to see how that goes. Um, and in that, that's going to be from 6.30 to 10.30 Central. And within that, we'll also kind of just do some opening remarks to the weekend, all the type of things to say, hey, this is officially SDF Conline or whatever. Um, the cool thing about that is that that's only part one of the Assault on Pools of Paradise. And we've actually set up several different time slots to play part two. And that's where you guys get to come in and join in the defense against the pools of paradise for part two. So looking de- forward to that. The defense uh, against or the defense of? The defense okay. of. <laughs> You're defending yeah. against yeah, all the, pools the of paradise have been all corrupted. the employees yeah, of yeah. the pools of paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so Friday kind of a half day, Saturday, full day, right? Vera, yeah. we got like slots out. the We front. got 21 different slots. Uh, I think we got two every four-ish hours. Um, oh wow! Yeah, we also uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much nonstop TTRPG action. So this is way bigger than mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and then Sunday is another short day uh, as far as slots. We're we're doing slots from eleven to six, and then we have like a six thirty kind of closing finale of the weekend that STF will do again on, on Twitch. So um, that that is still kind of up in the air, the particulars of that third part. But Sunday is going to be kind of like a brunchy TTRPG. I imagine that a lot of people will be recovering from Friday and Saturday on Sunday. So, you know, that's that's where we're at now. I can't wait until... Ugh. I can't wait till the con con line in general, but I know there's one of those three days. Me and Griff from Hideous Laughter are going to be up till six o'clock in the oh, fucking yeah. morning. Yep. And be like, all right, I got to. So don't give you the Sunday. Don't morning put song. me in anything <laughs> morning. I don't anything before one p.m. Right. Central. Uh, which I will be GMing one of the uh, sessions of part two of the assault on the pools of paradise. I think uh, two or three of the other. Members of STF will also be GMing some of those, so a lot of people will get the chance to do that, and yeah. uh, that'll be a good time. And I'm super nervous about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't GM very much. Uh, well, okay. So to that point, I want to tell everybody that like the the point of this is not to be the best GM ever, right? Like the point of this is for us to hang out with each other and explore these games and systems, and so like. There, there is, I know I can say this as much as I want, but I'm going to say it anyway. There is no pressure when it comes to the GM. We're just want people to, to set up tables for people to sit down and play at. So, um, if you, if you have the interest in it, you got lots of resources here that can kind of help get you started. And, um, 
Don't don't be afraid. It's the exact same philosophy as Tom talks. Like I messaged uh, Matthew before we got on tonight, and I was like, "Hey, don't be nervous. No pressure. This is ninety percent us just hanging out." <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's the same kind of vibe with that. Like getting a game, GM a game. Most of it's community building, hanging out with people, and you also get the added benefit of being able to play a little bit of TTRPGs. You know, this is supposed to be a good time above all else. Um. Oh, oh, Newt, this is, a, a, I think, an important clarification. He asked, w- yeah. will all the part two scenarios be played from the same script, or will all of the player characters exist in fiction? Um, I think it's kind of a confusing question a little bit, but it, Adam, will you tell us part two will be a continuation from part one? It won't be just doing part one again, right? Right, So, so part one... We'll be introducing, you know, all, all the STF players will be playing um, a different character. You know, they won't be playing any of their APA characters. So this is, they'll be playing people that work at the Pools of Paradise. And then my intent is that part two, those become the key NPCs of part two, you know. And so then your players who are kind of working with the NPCs that were established in part one to continue the defense of the pools of paradise. And so as it stands now, they're all going to be operating off the same script just because, I mean, I'm not trying to write that much material for one weekend. I'm, I'm Jeez, sorry. Get it together. I, I only have so much you time. lazy <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but to, you know, I will say that like the idea is that all of you, are helping to defend the pools of paradise. So while it might be kind of the same scenarios that are running through, each GM is going to run it different, you know, and each GM is going to kind of have their own feel, but all of your characters did help protect the pools of paradise in Canon. You know what I mean? So like he just followed up asking, uh, will one, will it be like one party, uh, sorry, one player party defending a certain corridor, another one defends no. another corridor. No, no. it's it's no. all the same one shot run by different GMs. And I'm going to tell you right now, get in my game, because I'm going to be the most fun and the least able GM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, like, you know, it's maybe that's STFCon 2, Sir Newt, but I just don't, don't have the time to, like, organize four potential different completely different parties and what they're going to do and how that all connects into like some continuity that's that's just it's not not i'm not trying to bite off more than i can chew for part this first one and i feel like i already have (laughs) by doing this assaults on the pools of paradise but we're going to figure it out it's going to be going to be as is tradition my man catch my (laughs) yeah i'm trying to catch my limits early you know well, let's uh, let's table this for a second. Let's come back to to STF Conline uh, in just a minute because now I feel rude because I completely did the beginning of uh, part two of Tom Talks tonight in the wrong order. Um, I, I was going to ask Matthew since we've got him here uh, before we get back to STF Conline stuff. Like, you know, why don't you kind of uh, some of these people might know you, but if you if you want to introduce yourself, kind of tell us how you found the show, um, you know, how you came to meet us and ultimately become an unpaid worker for STF, <laughs> you know. <laughs> intern. They're called interns. Uh, you know, I don't mince words. I mince garlic. 
Yeah, you know, I actually, it's funny, it was just kind of spur of the moment, I was looking for podcasts, I found Starfinder, uh, and I just plugged it into my podcast app, looked for, you know, uh, Starfinder app, or uh, Starfinder podcast, and found you guys, and I was like, dang, these guys are actually, uh, they they have great chemistry, and I had a lot of fun listening to you guys the first couple episodes, Um, and you guys were talking about the flashbacks earlier, earlier. that was one of the things that really grabbed me. Um, so found you guys jumped on the discord community and I was, uh, really happy to see that's a pretty active community and, you know, a lot of folks that are super cool. Um, I mean, we had the great Veridu. No, that's what I said. Oh. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you crushed mm-hmm. the entire podcast in like, I feel like it was four hours. I don't even know I- how you bent, <laughs> I don't know how you bent space time to make it happen, but it, it's, it's a combination of, uh, a, probably about an hour and a half commute every day during the pre-COVID times. Uh, and man, I just, I binged every single episode, made it to, I don't know, we were up to like, what, 60 something by that point in about. Yeah, it was like getting very close to the end of season yeah. one, you know, and you got, you got, you basically got there in time to be part of the season one finale party, you know. Oh, yeah, I was hooked. Needless to say, hooked. So um, I know there's somebody else, I think Alexia, who's doing the binge right now. And it's, it's a lot of fun to, to watch, watch them, uh, you know, climb the numbers there. <laughs> Alexia has been mm-hmm. crushing it as well. I don't know if anybody will top how fast you did it because it was literally impossible to get through it as fast as you did. Steve, Steve went Steve in pretty did hard too. on it. I, I lo- look, you know, we were talking last episode or last segment of this episode. You know, Josh doesn't feel great about doing flashbacks sometimes because he doesn't like to blow smoke up his ass too much. But I do. And that's one of the like greatest, <laughs> most vindicating things for me. To see, I'm not even, <laughs> you, you shush. Uh, but that's one of the most like vindicating things and most satisfying things for me as a person involved with this podcast is when you see somebody get that heavily invested that quickly and crush it that fast. It's like, I mean, it really, really makes it worth doing. Not that it isn't worth doing to begin with. We were already podcasting before we were podcasting, but. Uh, yeah, we were podcasting to ourselves. Those are the things like, you know, I always tell people like, don't get into podcasting for money because that's not what's going to do it for you. But that's the real reward. I mean, obviously we have Patreon and stuff, but like emotionally, that's the reward is seeing people like really mm-hmm. give you that feedback and then being just astounded by like, wait a minute, we were talking about episode four yesterday and now we're talking about episode <laughs> 20 or something. Like, well, and I think to take that further. To, to then become such a fixture in our community, you know, to where now you're helping us. Like, not only did you enjoy what our idea and our, and our vision is, but you're now becoming part of, of that vision and, and making it a reality. That's such a, such an awesome step. And as I said at the, at the beginning of this section, thank you for, for taking on that mantle. Cause if you guys didn't catch it, we're not paying this motherfucker. <laughs> <anything. laughs> and he's doing a lot for not, us. Not yet, guys. Not yet, but yeah. soon. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he look. Yeah. He's he worked his way up the the totem pole really quickly. Like I don't I don't doubt his ability to start weaseling cash out of us. <laughs> That's our thousand dollar Patreon goal. Is to there you go. Yeah, you guys give me a salary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely, genuinely, if you're not going to sign up for us, sign up for Matthew. There we go. Okay, like. Um, but no, like, I think that's, that's a really cool thing is that, that not only did, 
did you, you know, really get into the, the show, but you, you're now on board the same, same rocket ship. Star, <laughs> yeah. To bring Starfinder and gaming as a hobby kind of to as many people as we can. So what, what has that transition been like for you? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's not really all that much of a transition simply because you guys have built a really tight knit community. Um, and I've had a lot of fun talking to the folks on there and just getting to know people. Uh, and, you know, it was funny just listening to you guys playing one day and the idea sprung to mind, like, wow, I would love to play in a Starfinder game with some of the folks on here. And, you know, that's, I, I think that's when, when I kind of reach out to you, Adam, and, you know, pitch this idea of kind of bringing this, this con, you know, online. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was just, you know, this notion that I really wanted to kind of bring the community together and make sure that we all, you know, got a little piece of, of, uh, of the same fun that you guys have at the table and that you bring to bring to us in podcast form every week. So. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why we're signing your timesheets each week? (laughs) You know, what what are you, what are you doing with your time here? Your internship? (laughs) You know, uh, so most of it is making pointless charts in Google docs, uh, that I get to show off to, uh, the gang every, every Sunday. (laughs) So, hey, look, number got bigger. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other, the, the rest of it's really just, you know, um, making sure that the form is usable for you guys so that, you know, whenever somebody wants to jump in and and um, hopefully there'll be more after today. But, um, you know, if anybody wants to jump in on the uh, on this little venture of ours, that it's super easy for you guys to do so. And uh, we're hoping we'll have just as many, well, more uh, than enough players to uh, jump on each of these time slots. I even hear there's a Chuck Tingle RPG coming up for later in the evening. That is completely <laughs> off the record. <laughs> That's some of that uh, tomfoolery, unofficial, you know, stuff that Adam was saying was most likely going to happen <laughs> that we do not endorse nor condone. The the real travesty is that neither you, Adam, or you, Josh, have stepped up to do a Sonic RPG one shot. Bro, that's that's <laughs> why would I do that when that's our like that's biggest our Patreon big money goal, dude? What are you talking? That's about? that's our that like fifty thousand. No, that's that's the teaser though. That's how we get them to start paying for it. You you do it one time, and it's like a, a uh-huh. underground fish tape, you know. <laughs> Give a little teaser of the Sonic RPG of what it could yeah, be, and I will make sure I am the glory not in that game. <laughs> See, look at you. I have no interest whatsoever in the Sonic RPG. Um, yeah, so, uh, Matthew, thank you for being on, uh, first and foremost. Uh, but also thank you for all the work you've been doing. Uh, between you and, uh, Brian, Old Scratch Johnson, like, there's so much that you guys have allowed us to do that we wouldn't have been able to do without outside help. You know? I mean, like, mm-hmm. Fight Rock would not be a thing without Old Scratch Johnson. And SDF Conline would not be near where it's at and what it, you know, it looks like it's going to be a big, awesome event. And that is uh, very much in part, you know, due to the work that you've done for us. So I, we, we can't thank you enough. Hey, my, my pleasure. Uh, and fingers crossed to big success. I'm sure that we'll be able to bring folks together. I'm stoked. So, Man, so too. we've still got a little time though, that people can sign up right for, for GM slides. For sure. Yeah. I think, um, can't remember the exact date, but we were looking at later this month closing off uh, GM signups and then opening up players. 
Um, yeah, so the forum is over on our Discord. Uh, feel free to jump on over there uh, under the, I think the STF Conline general discussion channel in the pins. Check that out. If anybody can't find it, feel free to ping me or I'm sure one of these guys would be happy to point you in the right way. Yeah, there is a banner linking to that as well uh, on our website, website southerntomfoolery.com. Are you, uh, Matthew, are you GMing uh, a few things or anything at all? Uh, yeah, it looks like I have two slots right now, one for Starfinder and one for Pathfinder 2E. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. How many how many things are you just doing, Adam? The uh, the the pools of paradise stuff, or are you doing anything else? I'm doing pools of paradise one, and then I'm going to run a part two myself, and then I'm going to play. Like I'm going to take this opportunity. It's my birthday weekend. I'm going to play. Oh, uh, that's to play that's the other thing is it's possible. Adam's birthday weekend. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna turn seventy two years old. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, this is the one, like, I'm turning 40. Like, this is the one where you should, like, say my actual age because you can really bust my Yeah, I just went it, above you know? and beyond. That's what I do for this show, you know? <laughs> jo- are you are you GMing anything, Josh? I haven't signed up for anything yet because uh, reasons. Um, but I do plan on looking at it and signing up for a couple of things. It'll be my first time actually GMing anything well, so that'll be well, interesting. you did a great job on tom talks you know doing a combat i mean for that us. was that was one monster i mean i i get the i've played enough games to get the cadence of how it works and combat and stuff but the actual rules lawyering is very different on the other side of the table yeah, but one thing about running one shots is that the rules luring is like way. It's a it's a lot more loosey goosey you know? just doing a one shot. Yeah, like you just got to make sure everybody at the table is having a good time and like get them through the adventure. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> and, and and I will say this because I'm sure somebody is thinking that these are not going to be actual society sanctioned games. That's something that we'll probably look to do next time we do this. But honestly, we want this to be as pressure free as possible and we don't want to bring in like extra work for our GMs to try to get everything chronicled and everything like that. And we're just not at that position to, to make this a fully society sanctioned thing. Well, and this one time, thing I wanted to add you know? is if, if anybody's a new GM, if anybody's nervous about jamming, feel free to reach out to me directly. I'm more than happy to coach anybody through anything and work with them on, on, you know, figuring out some rules, setting stuff up, getting things ready. And even, you know, mid game, if you're running into an issue, just DM me and we can figure it out. I honestly think anybody can be a GM and, you know, uh, make sure that they're, you know, they get to have fun with uh, some players at the table and uh, bring some, make some new friends. Well, I actually got to play in a game with Matthew uh, pretty recently. And Brian, you, you, too. Yep. You, you want to you real quickly tell him what that was? Uh, yeah. So um, Paizo put together these uh, really cool little short one-shots. Uh, they're called Bounties. We did uh, one called The Cat's Cradle. And I don't want to spoil any because I think somebody might be doing a bounty. And I want to make sure they're not, I'm not spoiling their story. But it was a lot of fun. Um it was in uh, Osiris, I think it was, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. I was Osirian? we played with Sir Newt. Osirian, yeah, 
played with Sir Newt, Porter Paladin, uh, Brian, and New Heath, obviously. And that was a lot of fun. It was really some quick encounters. It was a good way to get your feet wet with uh, Pathfinder 2E. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Again, the idea of this weekend for this for, for our first con line is to have fun playing games together. That's 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 where our heads at right now. You know, like we can expand this and make this a much more like organized thing. I think next time, but right now we want our community to play with each other, and that's where we're going. So sign up. Yeah, exactly. It. Be there. Be yeah. square. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, again, Matthew, thank you for being on uh, and for all the work you do. Um, I guess we're going to let you get out of here. Stick around. Uh, you know, we got listener questions coming up. So if you got any any extra questions you've come up with in the the experience of actually talking with us in person, like hit us up. We're going to do them. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I appreciate you being here, man. We'll see you. We'll see you. <laughs> All righty. So, very exciting, or at least I think so. We've got mm-hmm. the third leg of our first uh, run of trivia questions. Oh, so this is the final round of, for of this, this leg. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Every third. Can, can we can we get get some uh, some ham horns, Heath? Can, I'm, I'm blinking that trivia time I button. Can do that. I didn't, I didn't know. Gotta, gotta get us like blink. That was a it's thing. Trivia time. Trivia, trivia time. time. Trivia time. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, Josh, do you have the scores? Uh, yeah, I you do. You better. Let's okay, see. Cool. I do. Yeah. I actually went back because I know the second or the last time that we did this, I was like, I don't remember about the first one. But luckily, we're recording these. So I was able to go back and listen and find. Currently, we have Nusheo with four points, Old Scratch Johnson with two points, Buster Knuckle with one point, and Phrasma Saves with one point. All right. Well, Nusheo is not here tonight, so maybe you guys can – maybe we got a steal in the works here. Um, Okay. Here we go. So it's three three questions. Go for it. All righty. Let's get them going. So the first question, the easy tier. All right, and this episode obviously was about flashbacks, so, you know, there's implications there. Uh, first question, the easy tier is, which PC on Southern Tom Foolery had the first flashback of the show? Here we go, and you guys got 10 seconds. Give it more answer. than 10 because of the delay. I mean, 15. Well, yeah, I'm 10 off, off of when they get it, you know what I mean, like. We got to worry about the delay. They mm. don't got to worry about mm-hmm. the delay. Uh, it looks like we have our two winners nonetheless. Uh, Veradux and uh, Imperp, otherwise known as Egg. Yep. Got got it in first with both of them answering correctly. Mike, clueless, just missed it. Uh, but there you go. Mike <laughs> had the first one, and that was what, <laughs> Heath? What was that, that was uh, the Islanti invading... Uh, the place where he was from. Uh, episode four. <laughs> yeah, I, end of episode you know, four. Last night, getting ready for this, I went back and I listened to the first eight flashbacks of the show, and that, okay. that was a lot of fun. And that, like, to be as early as we were in the not only the show's story but the production value of the show, like, 
those early flashbacks, the Mike one, and then, you know, each, each of us had one after that in the next, like, four or five episodes, or ten episodes, or whatever. Like, they right. all really, like, I, I think, tooting my own horn, I think they really, like, a lot of people have said that's, like, that hooked them, you know? Those, those flashbacks yeah. really did it for them. Okay, so question number two, the medium question, who was the first non-PC to have a flashback? Who was the first non-player character to have a flashback? The old NNPCFB. <laughs> Non-non-player character? Like, yeah, no. It's this NPCFB. NPCFB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got our first We got both answers. of them, yeah. We got, yeah uh, That's quick. We actually got three answers, and I'm going to read them because it's cool. <laughs> uh, first of all, Sir Newt. You're correct with Sedona. All scratch Johnson. I'm just going to give you a bonus point for Emily and the Pickles because that's hilarious. Uh, and then Sedona, Veridux, that is correct with. So, uh, Sir Newt and Veridux, each correct with Sedona uh, as the first non PC to have a flashback. All right. <clears throat> and the hard question. I actually have, I had. Two questions I was torn on picking for this one, and I was really considering doing a fourth question just for one bonus point. Right. Do it. <clears throat> I, I can't put that one up on the screen, but uh, that's 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 so fine. That's it's a bonus, a bonus question, question, right? Okay, right. which I think this third, the hard question for today is actually harder than the bonus question, which is hard. Um, so question number three for trivia tonight: the hard tier. What planet? Did Kuiper experience his bloodiest day with the swarm? What is the name of the planet? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Maybe not so tough if you've been paying attention, but it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's specific. super tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a detail. For I think sure. it's the toughest goddamn <laughs> trivia question anybody's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> planet swarm. Planet swarm. <laughs> uh, Clueless hasn't gotten there yet. Gotten there yet. Pla- Planet okay. Swarm sounds like a a, sh- a shitty like B movie, like a a Richard. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Richard Rodriguez? We got Vesk one seven. I think we might have stumped him here, fellas. Well then, yeah. If if nobody gets the answer, we could sub in my bonus question and just make that the third question. I yeah, mean, one no. of the you got a bonus question. <laughs> Nobody got the hard question. Right. Uh, let it be. Let the record be one bonus. of the Vesky planets. He says. <laughs> uh, all right. So sorry, nobody got it. What's the correct answer there? Uh, Kestavol. Kestavol. Yeah, that was the 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 planet that gave Kuiper so much trouble. All right, what's your? I'm curious what your bonus question is. All right, so. <clears throat> The bonus question for it's just it's for one extra point. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> what planet did the Islanti invade when Mike was a child? I think that is hard harder than this one. That was mentioned one time a long, long, long time ago. It has technically been mentioned more than one time. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody's going to get that one. Mm. Look, we call it hard for a reason, y'all. You know. <laughs> Re-listening to episode four. <laughs> episode times four. 36 speaks <laughs> 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 Be right back. You better get it in in 10 <laughs> seconds, man. <laughs> I think you stumped him on that one too, man. Yeah. I feel like that. I'm glad that was a bonus question because I feel like it's a little tricky because Adam butchered the pronunciation of it when he first did the flash, flashback. Tradition. All right. So the answer is Najin Korazayas or, Naj, or Najin yeah. K for short. <clears throat> That is the research facility that Mike... It wasn't even a planet, technically, was it? Wasn't it just a, a research facility? I think we misnamed it as a planet to begin with and then realized later it was just a, yeah, a space yeah, station. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little loosey-goosey with the canon in that one. Uh, but yeah, Najin Korazias is where Mike was uh, born and grew up until he was eight years old and the Aslanti invaded, and he was... Uh, Saved slash kidnapped. Yeah. So, listen, the hard questions are hard for a reason. We uh, don't typically expect most people to answer the hard questions. That's why they're the hard. Um, so, Josh, what is our totals? So, the totals, uh, even though Nusheo isn't here, still has four points. Old Scratch got that bonus point this time. Um, we've got two points for Veridux. And one point for egg. Wait, so old scratch had how many? Three? Three. Okay, yeah. so new so, so still you got, wins. Yeah, new show with four, old scratch with three, Buster Knuckle, Phrasma saves, Sir Newt, and Egg with one each. Alrighty. Oh, well, <clears throat> I'm really excited to announce Nusheo, though he won't be able to find out till later, is gonna get one of our brand new Dirty 30 t shirts. <laughs> oh shit what we got a new t-shirts nobody oh, told yeah. me that you guys were doing dirty we, we told you we were gonna make them without you because you wouldn't let us and the shirt's actually up on the stream now or the logo for it yeah and i just love that it's the three is just written over the two for the 20 <laughs> it's real real dirty now for those of you who didn't win this if i remember correctly is this going to be something that's sold on our store or is this a so. patreon reward uh, uh i i'm pretty sure we're putting this one on the store okay we should because people will buy it yeah i think this, <laughs> yeah th yeah this uh, yeah this is a good one and uh I, I like it emily put this uh design together um and i do approve of this design despite my my hatred of dirty 30s i think it's hilarious <laughs> this is really really great um so shea is going to get one for free and expect that to to be on a merch store soon. Yeah, I'm um, excited about it. <clears throat> and I will say, um, I wanted to give away one of the sweet uh, Titanium Mike neck gaiters that I recently got one of. But when I found out that there was the Dirty 30 t-shirt option, it's like, all right, we'll do that. Well, this isn't <laughs> the last time we're doing the trivia stuff. So yeah, it's so we start over. It's The, the board's yep. clean. And so if you want to win, I mean, we're going to give away stuff. You know, like real stuff. So if you want to win, show up for these Tom Talks um, and it'll be the next three episodes and then we'll there'll be a winner at the end of the next three. So that's how we do this. Nice. 
All right, so guys, we've got one more thing left, and that's listener questions. And I and I hate to do this, but I have to go pee. I'm not going to make it through listener questions <laughs> if I don't. <laughs> I tell you what, let's make the producer, since he had such a faux pas at the beginning, handle this bit while you and I go pee real quick. <laughs> Josh, you got it. No, that's right, cool. not fair. Talk that's amongst yourselves. Fair. That's fine, man. No, I can talk you myself. Just, you all just day. need to to shoot the breeze for a second until we can come back and do listener questions. All right, chat. How is everyone doing? Talk to me, because I've got a couple minutes to, to. Well, I don't know, probably eight minutes for Adam, you know, because he's about to turn forty. Um, he he's still young and spry, so surely he won't uh, take too long. So, Newt, you're saying you're a little bit drunk? Actually, you know what? How does it? How does it? How would, how would everybody feel about uh, popping over to Discord afterwards to uh, kind of talk due to this uh, this icy weather? I am uh, remote working, which I don't know exactly how that works with uh, airplanes. Uh, they don't fit inside my house, so, you know, not sure what I'm actually going to be doing. Maybe some paperwork. I think I've got a... Yeah, I think I've got an evaluation I need to do on somebody. I've got plenty I can take care of. Let's see. Veradox says, wish I could have a child oh, it's okay, waking Josh. at five. Oh, no, I'm fine, man. Just You can it's keep going. Good. I figured you'd be a while being, you know, about to turn 40 and all. All right. All right. I told him you'd be about eight minutes. I mean. That's unnecessary. I don't know. You sure you're you finished? Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got my diapers. <laughs> oh, man. I love uh, you, bud. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Do we have some good questions? Uh, yeah, we got some decent questions coming up. Cool, 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 cool. What are you drinking? Mm. This is a uh, Dr. Pepper and Vanilla Crown. Okay. It's pretty sounds, great. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I mean, I like both of those things a lot. So. Yeah. Like, I was genuinely surprised at how good they mix or how well they go together. Good they go together? I don't know. <laughs> how together good they go? Yeah, that. <laughs> Okay, so listener questions. <laughs> sorry, folks. Yeah, sorry. When nature calls, I actually almost unplugged my computer. I tripped and almost busted my butt right here by the computer. <laughs> Coming back. It's fine, man. We would have finished the show without you. I'm I'm gunning for host anyway, so. You, can, you can't get... even handle producer. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. I'd be a better host. Not not necessarily better than you. I'm just saying. Uh -huh. yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Wait yeah. wait till the next time uh Mike needs to in harm's way you on the show. <laughs> uh come on man. Char player knowledge, character knowledge. Don't don't bring that I'm in. Petty. <laughs> uh all right. So let's do this. Listener questions. What do we got? All right. First one is from Sput, who uh just recently showcased Foundry to us. He's worked done a lot of work on, I believe, the Starfinder module for it. Mm -hmm. um, or is, is big into that community and has been amazing help with us, uh, you know, showing us around Foundry and how it works and everything. But uh, he asks, how much of the flashback do you feel should come from the GM and how much from the player? Would you do anything that's a surprise to the player whose flashback it is? I know the yeah. answer to that one because Adam surprised the shit out of me on my first flashback. <laughs> on the first one, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think it just all depends on the flashback, really. You know, I, I think that if the player has a story that they really want to tell, you know, and they're, and they're motivated to do it, like, I try not to get in the way of it, you know? So, for instance, with Kuiper, you know, John has a pretty, pretty solid vision of what Kuiper's story is. And so, my input is to kind of apply the editing knife to it and, direct it the focus to where what the relevant parts are you know as he's coming coming up with it you know um and so i i have very little to do with that one but then like with something like mike's first flashback you know heath gave me his whole story but i changed a piece of it to surprise him in the flashback you know uh, and I like to do that from time to time. I certainly like to, to, to surprise the other players at the table and try to provide some surprise for the player themselves whose flashback it is when I, when I can. But really, you know, the backstory is the players. That's their story, you know? And so unless there's a particular need for me to come in, I, I try to just guide more than control it you know yeah i think also with i mean with me personally like i've said before i I like to write a big backstory and stuff like that but i also trust adam a lot um to you know make it work and and with doing the flashbacks um and and usually i'm pretty involved with him but like that first one in particular he actually changed a couple of things and one of them ended up changing my character's age and i was like honestly a little irritated about that at first but it but it made more Mm -hmm. sense because the way when i wrote it the character was five when that happened but he was like you know doing a bring your kid to work day or whatever but we needed it to we needed the story to express that mike was at least old enough to kind of start picking up on some of the engineering and mechanical skills that his dad mm-hmm. had and as a five-year-old it was a lot less believable that that was the case and eight is still like who that's a that's an adapt you know it, yeah an attentive eight-year-old but you know eight, I, having worked with a, a lot of eight-year-olds like they're smarter than you think you know but mm-hmm. i actively said don't give me five-year-olds <laughs> for that very for that very <laughs> reason you know but but yeah there's just yeah, a lot of or- trust that goes into it and even if you don't think that sometimes like if if like adam or your gm or whoever makes a change usually there's going to be a reason for it right it's 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 hardly Mm -hmm. ever unless you have a mean spirited gm to just you know dunk on your story or dunk on you as a as a writer you know it's collaborative Mm -hmm. i mean in all things it's collaborative i agree i agree what about you you got any thoughts on that josh (laughs) <laughs> not really sounds like no no <laughs> no i mean I, I i i do remember heath being i don't know if mad is the right word but the change the the flashback you guys are talking about i remember heath being pretty impacted well, well there by was it because of the shock well there, yeah because well, of that, that well not that there was two big changes and one of them was the death of a uh backstory character yeah that like floored me and that's what and, I was but that was about, awesome like, like the surprise of that made it so much more impactful for me 
And I wasn't mad about that. I mean, I acted like I was mad because that's my sense of humor. But I was, I oh. was like, I can't believe you killed yada yada yada. He was more mad. I was about way that more age. mad about him mm. changing my age. <laughs> he was way more upset about that. He's like, that makes Mike like forty eight years old. I'm like, it's fine. He's a lizard. He's fine. He's a boxer. He's good. He's in good shape. He's fine. It's all good. Um, but yeah, to to answer your question, certainly collaborative, like Heath said, I, I think that's it's important because your a character's backstory is the player's story you know that's not the gm's the gm is supposed to help fold the player's backstory into the main story not say oh your backstory is no good you know um one some advice i give to the player is like try to write a backstory that would fit the theme of the adventure that you've agreed to play in you know what i mean uh we've talked about that on gm happy hour a lot is like build a character that makes sense to be in the story that they're in, you know? And if you do that, then the GM should just work with you to try to align the backstory with the main story rather than shut it down, you know? All right. Yeah. All right. So question number two comes from, uh, comes from new show. Would you recommend doing flashbacks in a home game? I mean, we. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't think did. there's just. I don't think there's a distinction. You know, like doing a home game is still supposed to be just as good a story if that's what you're shooting for. You know, so I mean that again, like we talked about, that's just a tool that you can use in your repertoire if you want to tell the kind of stories that are really deep into character backstory and and you think it would be valuable to use flashbacks, then use them. But if you want to play that kind of game Adam was referencing where everything is focused on the present and that's how you develop your characters, then don't use them. I I wouldn't say definitively Mm -hmm. one way or the other that the act of it being a home game or a home brood game changes whether or not you can use that tool. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. It's, it's dependent on the table. Um, You know, when we started, stf we we're playing like we normally play you know we just are recording it and and doing some some little bit of editing to clean it up but like we're still playing the way we play our games you know uh but if but if that's not your table then that's not your table whether it's home or an actual play or whatever it's the best thing to do is make sure your table's on board for any any tools that you implement yeah talk to your players Players, if you want to see it happen, GM might not think to do it. So pitch it. You know, if you feel like it'd be a good idea for the table. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the harder part is like if you've got half the half the table that's really interested in that and half the table that doesn't really give a shit, then then you got to get into some like balancing issues, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where, you know, it may be better to not do them if that doesn't fit the table for half the players and yeah, that would take away some of the spotlight from them or shine too much of the spotlight on the char- the players who do want to do that for their characters and make the others feel lesser or left out. So it's, it's yeah, it's a table-to-table thing, but absolutely. I mean, like, I think it's a great so tool. One thing I did for when I was running Curse of Strahd with a completely non-STF cast, right? And that was a live game and everything. And one thing I did as part of our Session Zero, I told them to each write like not they didn't have to like write out the scene but give me the details of a scene from their past that they would like to see fleshed out 
into a into a flashback that I would do in the game. And so like before we started, everybody made one. And then I got the vibe of who liked it and who didn't, you know, and you can kind of see, okay, okay, we tried it. That didn't work or this works and I can use it to propel this story, but I know that I need to propel this person's story in a different way. Like, you know, we talked about the flashbacks potentially creating star players, but like a good GM can elevate some players with flashbacks and elevate the other players at their table using different methods that's more conducive to that player's style. You know, you can combine these things. Just you got to make sure you spread that attention and give. So if you're going to give somebody a 10 minute flashback, then you need to give this person a 10 minute in the present scene, something that they can really feel effective and meaningful in doing. Right. It doesn't have to be a a one for one tit for tat, like, you know, for, excuse my French, but like a dick measuring contest of who gets more minutes in flashbacks. Like it's just make sure you're paying attention to all of your characters in a semi equal way, you know? Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh, next question is from egg. Uh, how much of the, let's see. Yeah. How much of the flashback sequences do y'all talk about ahead of time? Like, I know a lot of it is written out ahead of time, but how deeply do you guys go over that before running the flashback? It, I mean, I, I don't mean to speak for Adam, but I mean, that's really a issue by issue kind of thing. Cause like, I know for me, there's been some that me and him worked on together. And then there's been some that I just completely wrote, you know, like, and just mm-hmm. presented to him, you know? So, I mean, uh, if I feel like it's much more like, do you need the GM's help on something? Then get it. You know, do you, do you need to figure mm-hmm. something out that's going to require the GM, like making an exception or like, uh, okaying something that you aren't sure about? <clears throat> get the GM's help. But the GM can also be like, Hey, dude, uh, you know, I know you already have a decent bit of backstory written. So give me this one specific flashback and how you want it envisioned and I'll, I'll read it. I'll put it out there, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as the discussion around it, I think that there's usually a good bit of discussion between myself and the player whose flashback it's going to be, you know, leading up to when it, when it's going to hit in, in the show, you know, there, there's definitely some conversation there. I mean, I, I try to read the flashbacks aloud a few times before before we get to the show. That's something that I learned over the course of making the show, that it makes those flashbacks deliver better if I have a, a familiarity with the text. Uh, I certainly go through every flashback before it makes it to the show just to, to run a proof over it and just to check for continuity stuff or anything like that, you know? So for example, Heath would write, he's like, I got one cool. And he'll send it to me and I'll just read through it and be like, okay, this is all good. And if I, if there's a couple notes I'll make, I'll make it and, uh, you know, make adjustments as necessary. But like it's, it's a back and forth conversation always, you know, like we're talking about everything all the time, you know, like we're talking about potential character decisions made in the future not so much plot wise because i keep all that pretty close to the chest but like you know what what their builds are going to be and so as you know we we like 
flavor and RP the mechanics of the game, particularly level up. So if I know that somebody's going in a certain direction, I'm like, ooh, well, maybe we can do a flashback that kind of builds towards that, you know, and we'll have a conversation about that. Or it's just always a conversation. Next question. Next Next question. question. Sir Newt asks, do you guys create multiple flashbacks and wait for any of their appropriate triggers? Or do you prefer to create or create slash trigger them sequentially? That's a tough question. I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I don't think any of us are right, are actively writing like three or four flashbacks at a time and waiting until we can jump them in, you know? John with Kuiper yeah. has been. He's got like he's got like a whole document of like particular flashbacks that he wants to do. Now some are more developed than others. Some some of them are just like concepts and like a bunch of like notes that he's made to kind of you know inspirational notes to to use when he'll when it gets time to like tell that part of the story and then he'll go and actually write it out. Uh, but I think Kuiper is a unique example in, in STF. I, most of the time it has not been that way. You know, it has been, as I said, oh, we're starting to get into this particular vibe in the story. And I know particular things about your character's backstory. I think this would be a really good time to flesh that part out. And so let's do that, you know, and then whatever level of joint work on that goes into it it's 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 usually hey there's a reason for your character to have a flashback now let's do that you know yeah and then, then it's just you know focus on that one and you know get it get it knocked out to the to your own satisfaction and and then we'll have a conversation mm-hmm. about it yeah. yeah so that's kind of already answered uh the follow-up question that newt had uh which was how far in advance do you write your flashbacks and how many revisions do you usually do before debuting or debuting them on the show? It depends mostly. I say as far as revisions, that depends mostly on the level of impact on the meta story that that particular flashback has. If it's more something that's very specific to a very specific like um, character trait that doesn't really affect the meta story in, in a way that's going to get less revisions, you know, I'm, Basically, just going to make sure that syntax is right and that it has a flow. But like Zeno's flashbacks, I like went over with a fine tooth comb because those had like implications to the greater story. And so I wanted to make sure the details were right on that, you know. Um, so it just depends on the, just, on the just level. Just depends on how important your character is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, as anything, it just depends on, on how many revisions that's required for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, that was, unless anybody in chat right now posts something, that was the last one for tonight. It's okay. I think, um, I think those were good questions on topic questions and we had a pretty good, pretty good time talks this yeah, time man. around. Uh, well, shoot. You know, thanks everybody who's still here. Thanks for everybody who was here who will hear my thank you later. <laughs> um, congratulations, Nusheo, on your Dirty 30 t-shirt. 
Um, <laughs> and thanks to people watching on YouTube or listening to this later on the uh, right. podcast format. That's right. Absolutely. Um, I will say, like, if you guys are interested in GMing something for STFCon Online, you've got, what, five days left to sign up. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and get on top of that if you want to sign up for something, um, which we don't have all the slots filled, right? So I I would kind of, I would like to GM one more thing, but I think what I'll do is wait and see. If every slot gets filled up, no problem. But if there's an extra one, I may fill that in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thanks again to Matthew Viradux for being on. Uh, it was a really good little discussion here. And man, I'm, I'm, how do you guys feel? This has been our first little segment of trivia. Uh, you know, three, three piece trivias or whatever, but that's also three, our first three episodes of, of Tom Talks. I'm really enjoying hanging out with you guys. Uh, and, and kind of and getting a more regular experience doing this and getting the, the crowd engagement a little more, um, you know, we don't have to like get you to give us listener questions days in advance and all that. Well, speaking of, we have a last. Oh, minute there we go. Yeah. So, yeah, Egg following up, saying uh, he'd have gotten this in sooner, but he got soap in his eye because apparently he's listening while in the. He might be shower. washing dishes or something. Mm-hmm. Checks out. Sure. Checks um, out. But yeah, he said, uh, "Would y'all ever let a flashback have a dice roll that could affect the canon of the story?" Like something. Okay, I, that's that's a little confusing, I guess. Like, are you saying in the flashback you basically have like an event that has multiple potential outcomes, and you roll a die to see how the flashback is going to go? That's or how like I'm reading. You have it. like a combat in a flashback, you know. In I think all that's the- that gets like the the time travely weirdness, man. You know, like to me, they should be set and have the continuity to where if you leave something in a flashback up to chance, that might not line up with the so, present unless you were to write a success and a fail you know, right. to like a branching well, that's, narrative. That's, I, I think it's, it's a thing that's possible. We don't fucking do that. But I think that's uh, that is something that's possible. Like as long as you have spent the time and, and writing on your character that like if you really wanted to do that and, and just to be able to have a dice roll, then you have to write the story in a way that uh, for that flashback that you have the events that happen. You have the two different ways or three or four different ways that it could turn out. You have to have them all written and then all of them, the ways they could turn out, have to not mess up something in the continuity of the larger story. You know, here's what I don't like about it. Is and it's in particular to our purpose of using flashbacks. So flashbacks are typically used in STF land as a memory, as as a representing a memory of something. And so, what I don't like about introducing chance into memory is that, like this this character knows what happened to them in the past. You know, like they know that that's, that happened. You know, you're not changing the past, I, you know, like a flashback isn't a time travel situation. There are, now, I'd say precogs and witch warpers, you could do that stuff and, and it would work. I mean, maybe, maybe, but, but it's now I know that there are systems that are designed specifically to do this kind of thing to where you're kind of writing your, backstory based on the die as you go and i think that's something that's really cool but like if you're 
in the way that we use flashbacks specifically is that they are to contextualize something that's happening in the now based on an event in our memory that actually happened to that character. Well, and has already been and influencing so, like, I, how you play, right? Right, right. So, so to have this element of chance of, well, okay, I'm roll this dice to see if I pass or fail climbing this cliff. Well, if I fail, then I have a different perspective of cliffs because I fell 30 feet and survived it than I do if I had triumphed over this incredible cliff and climbed it, you know, like, and that influences who the person is. And that's, that's a memory that's like, I, I don't know. It's it, too, well, it also makes, it makes it really weird. If we're talking about mechanically, like how the GM has to look for like flashback triggers and stuff. Well, like that can completely change retroactively what the triggers for that flashback would be you know right. it, it gets very right. complicated mm -hmm. now it, i like if i had if i had rolled dice for the the combat between kuiper and the swarm in his flashback well i mean that changes how the outcomes of that combat changes kuiper's complete perspective on the swarm yeah, what if what if you want based on Right. Right. And so then like now everything that he's done for Kuiper and how he plays Kuiper is in is in limbo because well wait a minute, I don't actually feel this way about this this and well I, I don't know. In our context, no, I don't think I would do it. I th I do see that there could be potential for it and I like the idea of not having a backstory at all. If that you know, if this is your plan to go into the game, not have a backstory at all, and then when it comes time to like dig into your backstory you're doing it using dice to determine that i think that could be fun but i don't think it works for what, yeah, I, how we're telling i agree i think story. that could be very fun but it still is going to have the issue of like basically you need everybody to be doing that to basically get everybody's got to have the you know ability to just overlook the fact that you know the way that you've been playing your character will be altered by that you know there's a there's a certain think, oh. suspension of disbelief that that would require even if it's if it's one person or if it's the whole table and it'd be i mean a way that you could potentially get around that and this would take a lot of work and you know commitment from all the players and from the gm is before you actually start playing have a solo session zero with each character of like we're figuring out your backstory, what the character is, who they are. Here's some choices that are presented for, uh, to you if they need help with it. And roll some dice to see where it, what happens, see, how it comes up. And then we can utilize those scenes really as flashbacks but that's like, later. That's like a half measure. Yeah, like, if you're trying to do that thing, it's for the gimmick of doing it, right? Oh, yeah, no. I, I personally, I don't think it's worth trying. I mean, I think there's, I think there's lots of fun ways for. you could implement systems like that. But it, it's going to come down to a lot of suspension of disbelief, you know, and a lot of just like, hey, mm -hmm. we're doing this no matter what, you know. Yeah, it just has to be a a a, a session zero decision, you know what I mean? And that this is how we're going to tell the story is through randomizing. It, it would not work if we if if like when Kuiper came in, 
that's the kind of character that he was, where you're just rolling for whatever his backstory is every time. Like, in in the continued narrative of what we're doing, it would bring up so many weird little, like, well, that doesn't fucking make sense, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right, that was a good question. You got it just in at the mm-hmm. very end there. I was, uh, it's a good, thoughtful question. Um, but I think yeah, we I think we're done. Um, I, I mean, yeah. we've run out of all our topics. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad everybody was able to make it. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you, gentlemen. Um, and we will do it again the next third Monday. Indeed, we'll see you all right, next well, time. One thing left to say: We'll see you. We'll see you.